2: Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: From the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center, Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty, The Armstrong and Getty Show.
4: I went to social media, asked people, hey, do you have any connections? I got a connection from the Ukraine embassy in Belgium. Within five minutes, they responded to me. I I need to design my own camo for Ukraine. I kept it the same
5: colors as Ukrainian Army.
4: So that is a uh, veteran, a United States veteran, who uh, decided to design and and manufacture uh, camo gear for Ukrainian soldiers. Pitching in any way he can.
5: Awesome. Um, uh, next segment, we'll uh, maybe get back to Ukraine because we need to discuss this whole our plane, Poland can't give planes through us. It's for a while yesterday. It looked like the Ukrainians were going to get a whole bunch more planes and it got shut down middle of later in the day, which seems to me over a very thin technicality. I don't know. Maybe it makes sense. If you haven't heard about it, stay tuned. No, I'm on your side of it so far, but uh,
4: let's discuss that coming up. All sorts of interesting updates on the Ukrainian situation, whether uh, specifically there on the ground or globally, what have you. Stay with us. Came across this. It's one of the most brilliant things I've ever read about education. It's uh, written by a fellow by the name of Moshe Krakowski, who's a professor at a, a Jewish university, which is not at all relevant to the topic, I don't think, um, his faith, but um, uh, it's, it's, it's a little longish. I have edited it heavily and, and tried to keep the main points intact, but it's terrific. He opens with talking about how the COVID pandemic has changed a lot of things in education in the U.S., but one of the most significant things is it brought day-to-day practices of schools out into the open. For the first time, Zoom gave parents a window into public school classrooms, and many of them didn't like what they saw. From poor lessons to inappropriate reading materials to troubling racial essentialism, Meaning, you are your race and you're nothing more. Parents are roused from their usual passivity to push back against the educational monoculture that dominates school boards, unions, and academic schools of
5: education. I would this- just like to interject if you're a non-parent. Because I, before, I uh, before I had kids in school, I would have thought, well, you need to pay more attention to what they're teaching your kids in school, if you were surprised by this. It's a lot harder than you would think to have an idea what goes on in the classroom. I mean, it, it, it would take a tremendous amount of effort. Yes,
4: for a couple of reasons. Number one, uh, well, I I guess it's two, two, two reasons in one. Uh, They think they're way smarter than the stupid parents, and they know the stupid parents wouldn't like some of the things they're teaching, so they actively uh, cover up what they are actually teaching. Plunging ahead, uh, this pushback is taking the forms from ill-advised and uh, authoritarian anti-CRT laws. So this guy's taking a balanced view of it. To reasonable transparency laws. And from Twitter campaigns to parent protests at school boards, parents want schools open. They want to know what their kids are being taught. Then he mentions the Terry McAuliffe moment in Virginia. I don't think parents should be telling schools what they should teach. Major major turning point in that election. This electoral upset exposed at a national level the massive gap, he writes, that had grown between parents on the one hand and pundits, politicians and teachers unions on the other. Parents do want to say in what their children are taught, but not everyone agrees. In December, a New York Times writer stated on Meet the Press, quote, I don't really understand this idea that parents should decide what's being taught. I'm not a professional educator. I don't have a degree in social studies. Well, I am a professional educator. I'm a professor of education who teaches teachers. And I can say unequivocally that the belief that one needs to be a professional educator to have meaningful insights as to what ought to be taught reflects a fundamental philosophical and cultural misunderstanding of what education actually is. And here's where he really gets into it. Jack, feel free.
5: This is one of those things that I had never even thought about. I didn't know there was a giant chunk of the country that just assumes, oh, no, no, parents shouldn't be in charge of what kids are taught. No, no. Or that'd, even have a say. No, no. That would that'd be crazy. You think that? I didn't know we had this giant gap on this issue. Right. We need education experts to tell us. So here's where he
4: really gets into the interesting part. He says people who work in the media or in politics tend to assume that their experiences are pretty much universal, normative. They're almost exclusively college-educated city dwellers who are good at navigating a system of schooling that's as much about networking and conformity as it is about algebra and biology. For for them, education is and was a, a predominantly social and cultural reality the substance of which happens to be made up of academic contact, uh, content. He calls it the hidden curriculum. You learn how to behave, how to network, how yep. to deal with power, that sort of thing. I've told my kids that's the most important lessons they'll learn. It hadn't occurred to me that it's true for practically everybody.
5: I got a friend in one of your uh, your major think tanks in America who said you, you learn the language. That's what it's about. You learn the language and uh, the things you say. And that's that's what being in a think tank is. It's not being super smart. I thought, well, that's really interesting. That is interesting. Uh, and so, and then he he describes, and I'll
4: summarize this, that those those politicos and journalists tend to really have great affection for education professionals, and they see them as 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 the great sages that that mentored them and the rest of it. So they have great respect for them. But there's something there's something deeply mistaken about this view, Krakowski writes. Education, quote, a noun standing on its own doesn't exist. There's no set of concepts, ideas, facts, or skills that are intrinsically necessary for individual human beings to possess. The breakdown of school subjects into math, science, English language, uh, arts, uh, social studies is an accident of history. A few different twists and turns and the very categories wouldn't even exist. Math might have been part of science. Hmm. English would have been part of history. Latin, still a critical subject. Uh, and then he talks about how, f- for instance, Singapore teaches math very differently than America. And I won't get into it because it's kind of distracting, but it is interesting and we'll post this whole article for you to read if you want. Um, the problem with the concept of education runs deeper. When we talk about education, we're really talking about education for dot, dot, dot. Education researchers can think deeply and run trials about the best techniques for teaching particular math concepts. And they can study which math concepts are more important to know for someone who wants to be an engineer. But nobody can study whether or not it's good to be an engineer. We still have to ask, good for what? For making money? For building bridges? For impressing friends and families? Of course, there's some things that we need from our education system in order to function as a society. We need a system that will encourage students to grow into law-abiding citizens. I would add, and independent thinkers. We need a system that allows people to flourish and live happy lives. We need education that will encourage people to engage in honest work and support their families productively. What but, part of our current education system is doing any of those things you just mentioned? I know, I know. And 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 we're about to get to the, the punchline in case your eyes are glazing, and you're thinking, I don't need this lecture in education. But which work is important, he writes, which is rewarding or fulfilling is impossible for education research to determine. The claim that education should support these public goods is not an educational argument. It's a statement of values driven by the specific nature of the United States as an open, liberal, generally capitalist, democratic society. The choices that local communities make about how they want to live their lives and what they consider valuable are not the sorts of things that can be determined by research. Their ideals do, however, dictate the sort of education that ought to be provided to students who support those values. Thus, by its very nature, to be successful, education in the United States must be organized bottom-up. We can't organize education until we know the model of life we're educating for. And Americans of all stripes are going to have very different ideas about what life ought to look like. That's a reason why America's never completely centralized educational systems like the Europeans. Hmm. Pundits and politicians who don't think parents should have a say in what children are taught are actually attempting to prescribe in a homogenized, top-down way a model of life that works for them. Uh,
5: that, obviously. Obviously. I'll tell you what the, uh, the plan is for most suburban schools that I'm aware of. It, it, everything is through the lens of we're getting you ready for college because, of course, you're going to college. Mm-hmm. Well, well, that assumption alone is a problem. Right. Given where we are with universities, with with most people coming out, you know, we've talked about these stats for a long time, most people coming out having not learned anything, not prepared to actually do anything. Right. But 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 beneath the level beneath that, K through 12, for a lot of schools, the whole thing is to get you to that. And I think it might even be even
4: narrower than that as Krakowski points out, they're they're practically preparing all students to become education professionals. Mm. Because that's what they are and that's what they understand or, or journalists. Uh, but this, uh, and they talk about how these people have successfully navigated the hidden curriculum of what we were talking about before. But this success, and in particular, the explicit curriculum that accompanied it is not intrinsically better or more valuable than any other. And indeed, we know it has failed countless students across the country what you were just talking about, college prep for all. Their appeal to the authority of education researchers is simply a mechanism to entrench a system that validates their life choices and values, but those with other values, interests, and intellectual inclinations will be ill-served by the very system. This is not specifically an anti-critical race theory argument, he writes. CRT happens to represent the present values of a small segment of mostly upper-class urban elites, but any set of values, when uniformly imposed top-down will harm. Children in communities who see the world very differently. The trick these policymakers play is to pretend that their concept of education is not just one choice among many, but is the default baseline from which anything else is a deviation. One more little bit. The model of life they imagine is based on the myth of an all-purpose education designed by experts to allow every child to choose any future they like. But this has produced an educational system that has left many students with no future. It's been a failure for all but a select few precisely because it doesn't prepare students for all possibilities, which is impossible but reflects the concerns and interests of a small minority of education experts. The idea that these experts, and only those experts, can opine on what to teach and how to teach is self-serving. Parents sense this and respond accordingly. Final thought. It's not clear whether this new parental awareness will translate into any sort of meaningful reform of the public school system, but regardless of the degree of systemic change, one thing is clear. Parents are now paying attention, and quite reasonably, they have strong views on what they want their children to learn. Mm. As one of the professional educators who supposedly has legitimate insight in the appropriate workings of ed- education, I couldn't be happier to see parents take the reins. Education is an expression of culture and values, not just a series of facts. And values belong to parents and their communities. As a researcher, I can answer education questions on all sorts of topics, from curriculum design to memory and retention. But please, don't ask me what to teach. Brilliant.
5: Yeah, that's Brilliant. good stuff. As a guy with a sixth grader and a fourth grader yeah I, I that I might have to like reread that myself and try to put it into practice of what direction or want my kids to go or what I want them to learn yeah I'd almost like to see him well, maybe I should do it
4: just summarize it into like a page one page because unless you're in a college class for instance and you're and you're outlining chapters and studying for a test and whatever that's a that's that's a lot a lot of ideas. But the idea that education re- should reflect the options kids have and the specific options of their world and not the world of the educational elite is so important. And I- I'm so glad I read it. We've got it posted at Armstrongandgetty.com under hot links. We'll make sure it's prominent and easy to find for you.
5: So, are we giving planes to the Ukrainians or not? That's what Zelensky's begging for, among other things. That's what they need. What is the hold up? Well, for a while yesterday, it looked like Poland was going to give him play. Well, we'll explain that to you coming up and uh, see if it makes sense to you.
3: Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show.
5: So President Zelensky the other day, he asked for two things, uh, really, really, going, when the European Union talking to Parliament, two things I need, I need a no-fly zone, I need you all to stop buying Russian oil. Well, we in the Brits at least thought, well, we can't do the no-fly zone, so I guess we'll do the oil thing. Um, and, and we have. Uh, we'll talk more about the no-fly zone and planes and all that next segment, because we got whiplash briefly yesterday when Poland announced they were going to put planes on our base and then we were going to give them to ukraine and then we said no you're not and why did we say no you're not and uh, anyway. why
4: didn't poland just deliver them i think i know it's a little confusing but
5: we'll hash it out for you but anyway we did stop buying oil from russia i don't know if that had has had effect on the gas price yet a week ago it was 366 today it's 425 the average nationwide from 366 to 425 in one week which is extraordinary Is it time to reconsider horses? We'll take your calls. Um, We thought we'd do a late-night joke-off around the whole gas thing. That's what this is about, right? Am I right? Um, We haven't done a late-night joke-off in a while. How does that work? Well, Jack, we'll have
4: three comedians making jokes about the same topic. I, Joe Getty, will uh, will, uh, will, uh, grade them in terms of their humor, and the bottom grade getter will be banned from (laughs) comedy for life. Michael? President Biden made a major announcement that he is banning U.S. imports of Russian oil dealing another huge blow to Russia's economy. Yeah, this is devastating for Russia. Now their biggest export is bad guys in John Wick movies.
5: <laughs> President Biden today announced a ban on the importing of Russian oil, natural gas, and coal. Honestly... I'm surprised Russia sends us any fuel since they can't even get it to their tanks. President Biden took the unprecedented move of banning the import of all oil, coal, and natural gas from Russia. Of course, this means gasoline prices will be going even higher. But on the bright side, this is the perfect excuse to pretend you're going to get back on that bike you bought mid-pandemic and rode twice. (laughs) I
4: actually laughed at that one. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is an interesting result. We have uh, Fallon with a C minus uh, and I would have graded it lower, but I don't watch John Wick movies. So the joke might be funnier than I realized. <laughs> Myers with a solid B plus topical, dry, nice. They can't even get fuel to their tanks. Corden with a B. Keep in mind, mm. he's downgraded a full letter grade for being a foreigner taking comedy jobs. <laughs> Americans could fill. But he still beats out Fallon. Oh, wow. cha- I hate to say it. Jimmy Fallon banned from comedy for life. So he seems like a nice fella.
5: Rasmussen Report, uh, a poll came out. 70% of likely U.S. voters believe the United States government should encourage increased oil and gas production to reduce America's dependence on forced sources of uh, oil and gas. Only 18% opposed that policy. That seems like a clear win. It seems to me like the Biden crowd is really on the wrong side of that issue. Oh, and that reminds that could me. grow a lot as the price of gas goes high if people understand, and I think maybe they do based on that poll. If people start to understand, hey, what we could do about this is m- produce more of our own oil. Right, right. I'm going to give you a super short version of this
4: because we have, have other things we want to do, but I promise, Michael, play 61 real quickly, Jen Pasaki.
3: And there are 9,000 unused approved drilling permits. So I would suggest you ask the oil companies why they're not using those if there's a desire to drill more.
4: The administration has hit that talking point over and over again when, when people say we need more oil production. Number one, a lot of those permits have been determined to be useless. They're, they're dry holes. They're not worth drilling. Secondly, if you can't build the infrastructure to get the oil to market, pipelines, etc., there's no point in drilling it. So the companies say, we need a regulatory environment we can count on before we're going to invest in these leases. So that talking point is so dishonest on multiple levels. It is utterly divorced from the realities of energy production.
5: If you miss an hour of the show, grab the podcast at armstrongandgetty.com.
3: Armstrong and Getty just received a statement from Pentagon press secretary John Kirby in which he said the prospect of fighter jets at the disposal of the government of the United States of America departing from a US NATO base in Germany of the government of the United States of America departing from a US NATO base in Germany to fly into airspace that is contested with Russia over Ukraine raises serious concerns for the entire NATO alliance we do not believe Poland's proposal is a tenable one
4: Wait, what? You're saying? Here's the idea. Poland said, well, because Vladimir Volodymyr Zelensky is begging for planes. Poland said, look, we'll give you our entire fleet of MiG-29s. Those are uh, Russian-built planes, oddly enough. Uh, and all we ask is uh, U.S. Uh, how about you sell us some of those uh, F 16s you got that are so fancy?
5: Which had been announced over the weekend. A- Secretary of State Anthony Blinken said, uh, "Yeah, NATO NATO forces can give planes to Ukraine, and uh, and we will backfill. Uh, we're going to backfill Poland with our planes." That was all announced over the weekend. Right, right. And then Poland said, "Yeah, okay, no
4: problem. We'll uh, we'll give you Americans these MiG 29s You can give them to the Ukrainians." And the
5: U.S. said, wait, what? Well, they they announced that out loud. And the right. reporting was uh, John Hudson reporting uh, blindsided, gobsmacked, sideswiped, all words I've heard from officials describing how Poland did not consult them at all on this warplane announcement. They just they made the announcement to the world that they're going to give the, their planes to us and then we would give them to Ukraine. Right. And for some
4: reason, well, I know what the reason is. Uh, hm. a desire to not make it seem like um, the U.S. fighting Russia, the U.S. directly confronting Russia. Uh, our people said, "No, no, no, that's that can't happen that way." I think I get it as a strategy. There's half of me that thinks, "Oh, quit being such, quit being such pencil pushing wusses, and get the guy to planes." Vlad knows we're sending weapons he knows we're the head of nato pretending like we're not is just it's, it's silly but i got i don't know this well, stuff is so wishy-washy i don't know what's real and what's not
5: well so uh so uh, that was jennifer griffin uh pentagon correspondent for fox news and brett Baer was asking her about that because he was confused himself let's hear uh 44 there poland going through germany doesn't get the green light or do we think that these jets are not making it to ukraine
3: No, it's very clear. Pre- Secretary Blinken said that if Poland wants to fly their migs or hand over their migs to Ukrainian pilots from Polish uh airspace or land that's fine. The US is not going to stand in the way of that. What Poland was suggesting today is sending those migs, dozens of migs to a US air base in Germany and then having the US deliver those to Ukraine. That would draw the US into a direct conflict with Russia and that's what the Pentagon and the US government has said it does not sound like a good idea
5: tonight. Look, but then Brett Baer asks the question to her, but the United States is a NATO country, so is Poland. So what's the difference? It's, it's a good clip. Why don't we just roll the clip? I understand, but Poland is a member of NATO, so is the U.S. So how does Poland flying the jets in not draw NATO and thereby the U.S. into the same war?
3: Again, the U.S. is not going to stand in the way of Poland if it wants to allow Ukrainian pilots to come over and collect those MiGs and those uh, planes go in. But the U.S. is not going to be the middleman who's going to deliver those MiGs to uh, Ukraine.
5: I feel like we're going way too far, bending over backwards to not offend Vladimir Putin. Uh, how, How thin are you slicing it that Poland can give them the planes, but not the United States, even though we're all in NATO? Are you blanking kidding me? If I'm, dying in the, if, Zelen- I'm, if I'm dying in the streets of Ukraine and I hear this discussion, I, I would be so beside myself. My kid's dying of dehydration, as we were talking about earlier, because Russia has surrounded one city and people haven't had water for days. They have no food. They're trying to drink snow to stay alive. And we're having this sort of argument. Oh, Poland and the United States are both in NATO. Poland could transfer the planes, but the United States can't. What the hell is that?
4: I'm picturing, uh, you know, esteemed diplomats in uh, oak, oak oaken, Uh, conference rooms and big leather chairs debating these ideas. Well, perhaps if we were engaged a third party. Meanwhile, Zelensky said, and I quote, so when will the decisions be made? Listen, we have a war. We do not have time for all of these signals. This is not ping pong. This is about human lives. We ask once again, solve it faster. Do not shift the responsibility. Send us planes. God, all this pussy footing around, and and it, well, uh, uh, we'll be part of a NATO coalition, but we can't have it touch an American bases soil. Otherwise, that might be prov. Oh, shut up!
5: Okay, um, yeah, I want to hear that. Hanson just said in my ear that Mark Thiessen of the Washington Post had a pretty strong comment on that. Maybe we'll hear that right after we tell you about Simply Safe, which is just flat out the best home security system that you can get. Says who?
4: Says U.S. News. PC Magazine, Popular Science, they all rank Simply Safe Home Security as the best home security for a lot of reasons. I mean, the sensors, the cameras, the monitoring, it's all the best you've ever experienced. And they don't have long-term contracts that lock you in. They earn your business every day.
5: Less than a dollar a day and all those publications saying it's the best security system you can get. Less than a dollar a day with no contract, as Joe said. You set it up yourself in around 30 minutes.
4: Yep. Customize the perfect system for your home in just a few minutes. Simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. If you go today, you can claim a free indoor security camera, plus 20% off with interactive monitoring. Oh, and, and we haven't even mentioned the incredible outdoor, the wireless outdoor security camera that you can do, keep an eye on what's happening outside your door all the time. Get alerts on your phone. It's fantastic. Go to simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. simplysafecom slash Armstrong.
5: There's Mark Thiessen of the Washington Post on this whole ridiculousness of who hands the planes over. So here's what the polls have done for us. They've clarified things. They have offered the planes. The planes are ready to go tonight. They could be there tonight if Joe Biden says yes. So if these planes are not flying over Ukrainian skies in the next 24 hours, Vladimir uh, Vladimir Zelensky has one person to call Joe Biden. Nobody else is holding this up. Joe Biden and the Biden administration, because of their fear of Vladimir Putin and their weakness, are not providing those planes. And Ukrainians are dying. Innocent civilians are being slaughtered every day by Russia. Forces. Oh. Yeah, I don't want to act like these are simple decisions or that the stakes aren't insanely high. The stakes are as high as you can get because he got the two biggest nuclear powers in the world staring at each other. But how far out of our way are we going to go to try to not anger Vladimir Putin? Does he get to dictate all the terms?
4: This is a serious question. We'll ask um, the fabulous Mike Lyons this at the top of next hour. If you don't get next hour, grab the podcast later. But uh, armstrongandgetty.com or wherever you like to get podcasts. Here's a serious question. We are openly supplying the Ukrainians with anti-aircraft missiles, with anti-tank missiles, with rifles, automatic weaponry of every sort of uh, and, and astounding amounts of ammunition. We are openly doing that. Everybody knows we are. Is there a bright line between all of that and an airplane?
5: If not, what the hell are we talking about here? I have no idea. I don't get it at all. Maybe Mike Lyons can help us out with that, but uh, I was going to try to find I'll get it to it later. David Ignatius with the Washington Post has been traveling around with, uh, with uh, General Milley over there in Europe, and he's got a, a column out today about the crazy number of stinger missiles and all that sort of stuff like you were just talking about that we've handed over to the Ukrainians and the art the point of the article is just we're arming the Ukrainians way more than you realize um but if you know if it's in the washington post putin's aware of it sure that doesn't cross a line i i don't understand
4: yeah i i don't know if there isn't some just hyper cautious bureaucrat getting in the way it might be one person who said, oh, no, 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 I can't authorize this. I, I don't know.
5: Well, that's what Senator Ben Sasse has been complaining about, that we been, haven't been have been handing over the coordinates to the Ukrainians. We've got the intelligence of targets that their air force, which is still flying, could hit. But we're mm-hmm. not handing them directly over because we're worried about some sort of that would cross the line of directly helping them thing. Well, I've actually been reading about
4: this. We, we give them that data after cleansing it of all of the computerized and technical telltale signs that we gave it to them I, Joe Getty, talk show host, know we're giving them that intelligence I know it with near certainty Vlad Putin knows it why do you bother erasing made in the USA with your number two pencil what the hell's the point of that?
5: Well, and Senator Sass thinks we're way too far down the road of, of bureaucrats and lawyers being involved in that sort of stuff and I just wonder if it's the same case with these planes Yeah, I hesitate to come off as overconfident on the question because
4: it is complicated and the stakes are incredibly high. But I I, I will just tell you, I don't get it.
5: No. You know, I would like to believe that smart, reasonable people are making decisions that would make sense if explained to me. But there's a lot in the recent years that would lead me to believe it might not be smart, reasonable people. It might be cowardly, lawyerly bureaucrats, yes, getting in the way of things happening i 'll tell you which one I like,
4: which explanation you know the the book uh, the Robert Gates book, Duty was that the title of it, yeah, uh, where he described his his tenure as the uh, Secretary of Defense for Republicans and Democrats. One point in particular just made such an impact on me. I'll remember it for the rest of his life. And that was his description of how he, as the secretary of defense, could not force policy through the bureaucracy. By the time it came out on the operational end, it was so perverted or delayed or screwed up, he didn't even recognize it. He was trying to get the M wraps to our guys in Iraq. And Afghanistan to protect them from IEDs, and uh, between powerful congressmen who had the uh, the the factory that built the other vehicle in their district, to various bureaucrats protecting turf, he couldn't get stuff done. And I thought, my God, that's the way a bureaucracy functions, and and that's the most critical life and death decisions a government makes. Imagine what it's like over at the Department of Health and the you know Human Development, HUD, or uh, or you know the Department of the Interior, whatever the hell that is. Imagine how much gobbledygook and
5: nonsense goes on there. Yeah. So Coca-Cola, Pepsi, McDonald's, and Starbucks with some big announcement yesterday. Public pressure, I'm assuming, is what changed their minds, among other things we can talk about. Stay with us.
3: Armstrong and Getty. If
0: you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick
2: And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development.
3: The Armstrong and Getty
2: Show. Because uh, I told him I didn't want to get a, a certain vehicle because of the amount of gas I would have to spend. Yeah. It costs like
1: $80 to, fill, to it fill, up. fill it up. And he right. said, then you said, when it gets to half, then you put $20, you bring it back to full. <laughs> yeah. But if I keep doing th- I would have to stop off and no, spend 80 No, you wouldn't. No, you wouldn't. Why? You're complaining about when it gets to zero, you'll spend 80 Right. When it gets to half, you put 20. Then when it gets back to half, you put 20. Yeah, but, but I'll gas. keep stopping, putting 20 in, and it'll be 80, Kidding. the same amount of gas. Kidding. Kidding. I'm driving the Kidding. same amount of gas. The average human stops once a week for gas, right? With you, you only work here twice. You would probably have to stop maybe, maybe once every two weeks. <laughs> Don't even try. Well, I think, so
5: that's Shaquille <laughs> O'Neal and Kenny Smith arguing and that, on... That goes on for another 60 seconds at oh, least. Oh, really? And so I think Shaq was, uh, <laughs> I think, maybe not, but getting to the point that I always make, look, there are three numbers. Just do this yourself, please, because I know people myself. I had this conversation yesterday with somebody. Price of gas and your mileage, that's what everybody focuses on. There's a third number. How many miles do you drive? I was talking to somebody yesterday. I know for a fact you drive like 20 miles a week gas could go to $15 a gallon. It's going to have almost no effect on you given how much you drive. Any talk of, I'm going to have to start walking or riding a bike or get a new car. That's all crazy talk. If you you drive a lot of miles, it makes a difference, obviously. But if you don't, if all you do is drop your kid off at school, your SUV ain't hurting you hardly anything. Do the math. Actually sit down and do the math. (laughs) I think that was Shaq's point, but
4: I don't know. To, To quote, Jack Nicholson's Joker in the Batman movie of years ago. Why so serious? <laughs> Shaq was doing what Shaq does best defending a ridiculous premise <laughs> to an increasingly frustrated co worker. Which is why they all make so much money
5: on that show. There's a million shows like that, and nobody oh, watches yeah. them. But right. that one, they all make gazillions of dollars. That is so Because they have conversations like no, that. Oh, you just stop and run when half full and put $20 in. <laughs> then I'd have to stop more often. No, you wouldn't. <laughs> Oh, that's beautiful. Oh, that is fantastic. Um, So, corporations going to war with Russia, completely separate from the government, is an interesting thing. Coca-Cola was holding out and got murdered on social media over the weekend. And they probably react to it. In an outsized way, the hashtag boycott Coca-Cola and all that stuff that was so popular, and it was announced yesterday, Coca-Cola, along with Pepsi, McDonald's, and Starbucks, who don't want hashtags of their own, have suspended business in Russia.
4: Meanwhile, Burger King, which is uh, too comfortable with totalitarian rule, obviously they're continues not, to do this.
5: They're into autocracies. It's right there in the name. <laughs> right. Pepsi has sold products in Russia for more than six decades. Wow. Which obviously, if you know anything about history, includes a lot of the Soviet Union. Uh, even when the company had to trade its soda concentrate for vodka and warships, McDonald's Fair o- enough. McDonald's opens its first location behind the Iron Curtain in Moscow before the Soviet Union collapsed. So they could do business with the Soviet Union in the Soviet Union. But public pressure is an interesting thing. And companies way overreact to hashtags. We all know yeah. that. So they're stopping. At least for now.
4: I don't particularly care if McDonald's sells cheap hamburgers to Russians. I don't think it has any significance to this thing. I call them Freedom Fries. Uh, sim- sim- <laughs> Symbolically, I guess I kind of like it, but, I mean, it's not like Putin is now going to go hungry or anything like that. <sighs> I guess I guess it matters. It ma- it's a gesture. If it hurts their economy, then I'm for it. I've just seen so many of these uh, virtue signaling gestures be utterly misdirected and and idiotic and unproductive and the rest of it. So I, you know, it's hard for me to jump whole hog into the rah rah. Yeah,
5: crowd. Well, well, I'm I, I'm perfectly happy with this. Um, if it makes the Russian people angry, or I just saw a poll from from uh, an organization that claims they can poll in Russia, and fifty six percent of Russians don't approve of the war and that's a week and a half in who knows where those numbers go so if they get less and less happy when there's no starbucks and mcdonald's and they can't use their credit card and all that sort of thing i'm all for that where where i'm concerned is is that the next time the corporate world decides to take on a country it's not over something as clear-cut that i agree with it's some you know they won't let uh, fellas swim against girls in the pool, right. for instance. exactly. Something like that.
4: Yeah, yeah. Your point about if, if the Russian people feel little uh, squeezes, that's a good thing. That's a great point. I agree completely. Wordle cheating is an all-time high, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> and where do the worst offenders live?
5: What part of the country is most inclined to cheat on Wordle? What does it say about my psychology that I have heard or read the word Wordle? Every single day now for like 80 straight days, but have never taken even two seconds to figure out what it is. I don't have the slightest idea what it is. I have no no, and I'm not curious enough to even ask anyone or Google it as an
4: amateur psychiatrist. I would suggest that what that means is that you have young children and are too damn busy. That could be. That could be. I don't have time for that sort of foolishness. Nah, I, I love word games, so I might have uh, looked into it. But uh, turns out there have been some wordles that have been more difficult than others, specifically February 15th's Aroma, and February 19th, Swill. And so they Swill, analyzed Swill, good word. It is a good word, because you didn't see those double L's coming, did you? You thought there was just one L, but there were two. <laughs> anyway. It's like so when you they... put
5: your two battleships right next to each other. It's a similar
4: sort of strategy. It's either Brilliant or Suicide. Uh-huh. It just depends. So uh, there are various word finders, which are cheats online for games like Scrabble or Words with Friends or Wordle. What's the Wordle. point of that? Well, that's an excellent question.
5: What's the point of that?
4: I, well, I, I, I would suggest if you cheat at it and get the answer, you have done nothing. Exactly. You have accomplished
5: nothing. Somebody but I, know... I do have a caveat. Okay. And somebody I know who got a YouTube video on how to do the Rubik's Cube. But that, that's,
4: there's, what's the point of that? Well, I, the Rubik's, I disagree with you on that one, because there is a specific technique that will lead to success that I'm too dopey to come up with on my own.
5: But that's the whole point
4: is figuring it out on your own. Oh, Isn't it is? It? Yes. I don't know. I'm too dumb to figure out. Figuring it out is what you're figuring out. Well, you
5: just out. want a monochromatic block sitting around your house It's very important to you? I,
4: I've dreamed of that. <laughs> Anyway, so the caveat is that if you got to the very end and you're just completely stumped and you want to get the answer before tomorrow, then I could see it. But the most likely cheaters: New Hampshire, Rhode Island, Vermont, Washington D.C., Massachusetts. Any? You're all bad. All people.
5: northeasterners. You're all bad people. The whole point is to try to figure it out and see if you can figure it out with your own brain, isn't it?
4: What has happened to the original thirteen colonies? <laughs> what has become of you? I'm embarrassed for you, Maine. Oy.